Next up, Rick and Rick rule the Super Bowl. Super Bowl advertising, that is. That's right. We've got the big scores and the total snores from Ad Bowl 2019. We're talking Budweiser, Hulu, Burger King, Verizon, Google, Jeep, and more. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show where everybody's name is Rick. And everybody rules the world. Hey, how you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? Good. Happy Super Bowl. Yes. We are recording this episode the day after Super Bowl Sunday. So it's a special Ad Bowl 2019 edition of Rick and Rick. We're going to be counting down our top five favorite spots from the big game, along with our one least favorite. I'm Rick Matheson, of course, and here as always. Joining me is my buddy Rick Wooten. And uh, did you have a a dog in this hunt? You know, I did not. Uh, It's kind of funny. I hadn't realized this is how out of sports i am i hadn't realized that the rams were from california i guess they're from la and so i was thinking like ah nobody from the west coast is playing so what do i care uh but yeah yeah so no i i i so didn't have a a dog in the game i i wasn't paying attention yeah me neither to be fair to you i believe the rams were los angeles for many years and then left and then came back right you right. Well, yeah, but I, I've just, I, yeah, I've never been a huge football fan. I love going to the Super Bowl parties and enjoying it with my friends. I might even go do a fantasy football league next year just because it's fun to, you know, participate in it. Uh, but, you know, I, I've never really been one for being able to track all the, all the athletes, all the coaches, you know, the, the different standings. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, neither have I. I. I mean, I have friends who like remember like the specific scores of last year and the year before and the year that who played whom and all the stuff, yeah. individual players. And part of the problem is I'm mainly like a end of season fan. I don't really care until mm. it starts to really get down to things. So that's part of the problem. But uh, anyway, for anyone who is keeping track of such things, the cost of an advertisement in this year's Super Bowl, CNBC said it was five point. Two five million, so five and a quarter million dollars wow. per thirty second spot, and a couple of them I think were over thirty seconds. Wow. Gotta say, when, before we dive in here, big winners. If there are any winners in this year's Ad Bowl, they have to include David Miami and Goodby Silverstein and Partners San Francisco. These two agencies each had, I think, it was at least three clients running Super Bowl ads this year. Wow. That's that's awesome. Let's dive in here. So we're gonna be counting down our top five favorites each. Okay, my number my number five was an interesting pick. I I actually sent this to you a couple hours ago. Uh, Head and Shoulders has done this campaign for a little bit called Headstrong. And for the Super Bowl, what they decided to do, and I, I don't know, maybe this disqualifies them, but I'm putting them in here anyways. What they decided to do was to run ads, I think locally, uh, during the Super Bowl for three companies. And so they identified a uh, Pastor Nancy who marries people out of the back of her van, Uh, Michael, who is a, I don't know what you call him, a goat herder that rents out his goats to, you know, chew up things in your yard. Uh, And then the third one is a woman named Jennifer who uh, has a company where you could rent time coming into her building and breaking things to let out emotions and frustration. And so, I thought this was absolutely clever. Instead of head and shoulders getting up there and, you know, doing their typical, you know, no flakes kind of ad, they uh, they took and flipped it around and said, hey, here are three people who represent our brand, you know, the headstrong. They're doing something despite people telling them not to. And so in, in the case of Nancy, uh, Pastor Nancy, they had somebody uh, that they're interviewing. It's like, oh, my God, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Who would want to get married out of a van? Yet she did it and she's constantly busy. 
uh, for the Michael, the guy that uh, decided to buy all these goats, they they kind of flash to his wife, and they're like, "Oh, so what did you say when Michael said he wanted to buy a bunch of uh, goats?" And she said, uh, "I told him to get an effing job." <laughs> and, then, and then Jennifer, you know, the same sort of thing. You know, oh, it's the stupidest thing I ever heard. And you know, she, they all three of them decided to to create these businesses regardless of all the negative uh, feedback that they got. And uh, by all measures of what they were showing on the commercials, they were absolutely successful. So I love this that Head and Shoulders, instead of spending a bunch of money on them necessarily, they've done it to these smaller companies to help them take off. Wow. So uh, for me, that it's it's got a social aspect to it. It's got a you know a brand essence aspect to it. Uh, and it's a little unexpected. So for me, that was a solid number five. I think that's so smart to buy local right around the show or even just pregame. A lot of times, yeah. that's what gets seen by people. They start to settle in, get ready for the game, and those things get noticed. If there were any kind of themes this year, it did seem like playing it safe was one of them, with yeah. one obvious exception, looking at you, eat like Andy, and female <laughs> empowerment, and then robots, lots and lots of robots. It's like last year, if there were three robots, boy, this year we got to have six or seven robots on different commercials. So that was kind of interesting. But my number five, I'm surprised that I put this in my top five list. But honestly, when I was <laughs> sitting down before the show here to write down, okay, which which ads do I even remember? This one is so simple. It's, it's this one from Could Be Silverstein Partners. It's a Pepsi brand. It's the bubbly seltzer brand. And this was that spot where, you know, it's uh, Michael Buble is in the spot and there's all back and forth about, you know, he thinks that the drink is called Buble and he's arguing with the little girls, no, it's bubbly, that kind of thing. That one creatively just is staring you in the face. You have to do yeah. that playoff, you know, bubbly and, yeah. and Buble. But nothing spectacular about this commercial, but it did its job of really making a very simple, memorable message and obviously helping everybody now realize that Bubbly's not the boring store brand that they thought it was. It was simple, got to the point, isn't a great spot, but definitely accomplishes its mission. That's like old school marketing, you know, making sure people are going to remember and go, okay, that's that drink I heard about. So I, that's my number five this year. You know, I'm glad you put this on there. This was one that I thought about putting on my list as well, um, mostly because it was very subtle tongue-in-cheek humor uh almost like the beverage itself which is you know a sparkling soda with just a little bit of flavor to it um so i i, I really enjoyed this one they left me they left me with a laugh and you know made me think about it for a little bit so i i really considered putting this on my list so good choice yeah so number four for me uh this is almost i uh, hopefully this isn't on your list but it's almost a shout out to you so Michelob Ultra and the ASMR. We've done shows on <laughs> ASMR. Uh, I've talked to one of my coworkers, her name's Paige, about ASMR. Uh, and I, I hadn't really seen an implementation of it that I thought was really awesome until I saw this commercial. And so, you know, the setup is they had uh, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, she's in some mountain clearing, mm -hmm. and she has these two microphones set up, and she's whispering in one and whispering the other. And then she, she pulls out the beer bottle, and she's tapping her nails on it and, you know, kind of rolling it around on the table, making noise, and pouring it in the glass. And it's just a very you know, uh, fun, interesting commercial. Definitely very, very different than everything else that we saw in the Super Bowl. So for that, I had to, to give them props and to uh, to call this one out and make this my number four. I think that's a great one. You know, that is such a great spot. And look, folks, 
listeners will remember, we called this well over a year ago, that someone, some big advertiser is going to do ASMR. And there have been instances of commercials with ASMR, but this is Super Bowl. This is freaking Ad Bowl 2019. And someone has done an ASMR commercial, and, and it is a good one. Um, a $5 million ASMR commercial. $5 million to whisper. My number four was a little different. And really, this one is getting my number four just because it felt like a Super Bowl spot. Most commercials this year were so safe. But it just felt like something you would you would see at the Super Bowl. And this is the Mercedes A-Class commercial. So mm. Mercedes wanted to show off that new A-Class. It's uh, natural speech recognition. And so this spot has this guy, this dude. He realizes that whatever he says you know, happens. And so the ad has him changing traffic lights, you know, find the lost cat, finding the cat. He frees Will right. at one point. He's blowing up parking tickets. And I uh, just, I like the, the actor's delivery. And then all to show just how great it, it would be if everything in life listened to you like the Mercedes A-Class automobile. He gets into his car and he says, change the color cast. So he said, change color. And the interior yeah. of the car changes to suit his mood just at the sound of his voice. This had better after this commercial be like freaking flawless speech recognition. <laughs> Because yeah, exactly. My speech recognition, I'm like screaming, you know. I just thought this was a great spot. Lots of energy, you know, unexpected explosions, the delivery. It just felt like a, a good Super Bowl spot. So my number three is a commercial that Olay did. Now, part of this is it took me back to, you know, my early 20s. <laughs> uh, it had Sarah Michelle Gellar in it from uh, Buffy the Vampire mm-hmm. Slayer uh, fame. And she stars in this commercial as uh you know somebody in a house uh i think there's a a husband as well and they're being chased through the house by basically freddy or something like that uh and they're going through all this thing they they hide in the bedroom they lock the door she pulls out presumably her iphone because they're trying to use face recognition and the phone won't unlock and she's she holds it up a different way and the phone won't won't unlock she tries it another way the phone doesn't unlock and then she says oh oh that's right. I've been using Olay and my skin looks so much younger. Look at this picture of me, you know, from two weeks ago. And it's like aged 70 years. And, you know, <laughs> da, da, da. and then, you know, the guy eventually breaks through the door and comes in. He's like, you know, your, your skin does look so much. Yeah. Anyways, it was just slapstick, stupid, funny. It took me back to, you know, literally what, what Buffy the Vampire Slayer was like, uh, you know, whatever that was 15, 20 years ago. And it was just hilarious. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I think I've seen some people pan it, but I just think it was a fun ride. I was just relieved to see that she was still alive. <laughs> I just think we're going to have to send out the noodle drones to find her somewhere because it's like, where where the hell? I forgot she existed. So it was good to see her again. Hopefully she and hopefully she's on some great show or something now that I just don't know about. Or if not, she's about to uh, to break big again. That was a great spot. My number three is Hyundai, the elevator. So this was a minute long spot and felt like that was probably pushing it. It took a little too long to get to the brand part. But this was with uh, Jason Bateman as an elevator operator who's kind of dropped off a mix of different characters in different locations, basically comparing traditional car shopping to root canals, jury duty, and so forth. And then this couple pulls out the uh, shopper assurance app, will, or this program will help me get the car that I want, you know, without all the hassle. 
too long. Should have been a 30 second spot. They spent $10 million on this over 10, 10 oh, wow. million dollars to run it. Making the commercial. Long. Oh wow. no, just, just the advertising oh, time. Yeah, Cause it was, it was a minute long. So a lot of money should have been 30 seconds, but I just thought it was fun. So that's my number three. We're going to have to take a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to continue with our countdown of our top five favorite ads from this year's Super Bowl. So stay tuned. And we're back. Thanks, Rick and Rick Nation. We are counting down our top five favorite ads from the 2019 Super Bowl. You know, I got to say, Bud Light did a great job in their series of commercials during the game. I don't know how many they bought, but boy, that was a lot of money. They did a good job, I think, of driving home their point of differentiation. I know that corn providers weren't happy about that commercial yeah. uh, line of attack, but it was it was doing a compare and contrast with its competitors. I think in that respect, it did its job well. I just didn't really love the spots themselves. But when they pulled that strange Game of Thrones tie-in, it just confused me. I thought that it was HBO pulling a the, the Tide commercial. I totally that was so like, what? yeah, that was so weird. I I didn't get that one, you know. And even when I look back on it, it's like okay, that doesn't reflect well on Bud. Uh, like you know, what is it like that? Is that them showing that you know that's the end of that Dilly Dilly series? I mean, I I, I wasn't getting it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I knew the Game of Thrones was coming, and um, you know, great. You know, we, we saw a dragon, and you know, the mountain, and that's great. I, I don't know. It didn't work for me either. I just didn't get it. I just I just didn't think it was a compelling commercial. Yeah, not at all. Okay, so what's your number? We're down to number two. So what's your number two? Number two. So uh, I knew this would happen. My number two is your number three, the Hyundai Elevator. I thought this sketch, this commercial, this whatever was awesome. I, you know, I love Jason Baten, yeah. Bateman. Uh, he's been in a new TV show called Ozark that I've been telling you about. You got to watch it. Uh, and he does a phenomenal job in there. And in this commercial, he does as well. And I, I just really enjoyed, you know, seeing all these people, you know, dump onto this elevator and then they're going down through the levels of hell. And you know that, you know, buying a car, particularly from a used car dealer, can be a horrible buying experience. So it was pretty clever on how they worked this whole thing out. But did you hear that they are getting flambéed by a certain uh, group over this commercial? The vegans. Oh, vegans, right. They're making fun the of the vegans. vegans. They got <laughs> right. so, in so, the, uh, getting a root canal, having to go to dinner <laughs> with the vegans is just going to be hell on earth. Well, that's right. The, in the beet, uh, the, what was it, the beet loaf instead of the meatloaf? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. I personally thought this was hilarious. I, I think that people need to learn to laugh at themselves. And in this particular case, I thought it was done tastefully. But anyway, so I, so I, I thought this was a great commercial. I enjoyed it, even even regardless of all the controversy around it now. You know, I, I just felt like this was a great one. You know, it, it was also number four on USA Today's ad meter. So out of viewers who rated the commercials, it was number four. Nice. It did rank in the, number nice. five, in the top five. So we weren't alone in ranking it then. My number two was Verizon and the coach that wouldn't be there. So uh, Verizon's spot where it has the Los Angeles Chargers coach, Anthony Lynn, and he's speaking to this group of first responders, you know, about how he was saved by first responders. And uh, little does he know that some of them, the people actually around them, were the people that helped save his life when he was in a car accident back in, I guess it was 2005. So, I mean, it just got me. 
it was like, oh, wow, that's powerful. It reminded me of this video I saw just the other day of this man who had helped children escape from Nazi Germany. And he was at this symposium or something, and he's sitting there in the audience with all the people. And he doesn't know that all of the people in the audience are the children that he saved. And they're growing right. up now. And they turn to him and then he realizes and it's just this really powerful moment. And this kind of reminded me of that. It literally had nothing to do with Verizon, except that it's brand positioning, you know, the idea. And it was a subtle tie-in being a network you can rely on, essentially, was the message on it. And there was another spot where it was it was called the team that wouldn't be there. And right. it had uh, an entire group of football players who had been saved by first responders at some point in their lives. And uh, I guess you can go online to you know learn about their stories. I just thought this was great. If you're going to do a public service-oriented spot during the Super Bowl, I thought this was a really a nice way to do it. And, and they were able to make that connected tissue, albeit it was very mild back to the brand. So that's my number two spot. I thought that was an extremely powerful ad. And I, I do know about the the one you're talking about. I believe it was a talk show that uh, mm-hmm. was, was, you know, this, this gentleman was invited to and the entire audience, every single person in the audience, 300 people, whatever it was, Worst people were children that he had saved. It was it was an incredibly powerful commercial. So my number one also is one that pulls at the heartstrings, and it uh, you know I was you know you and I've talked about this before. A lot of times brands try to you know uh, tie into the emotion, they try to tie into the feels, and it doesn't always work. And uh, there's there is this this my number one Microsoft. This is a, a series of ads that I've seen them do. I, I can think of at least two right now where um, they're tying into this idea of children with disabilities who are left out of being able to game with people. So recently, within the last six months or so, Microsoft has released a controller uh, that is extremely customizable, has very large buttons, it has uh, just a different way of controlling, and it's adaptable to a bunch of different uh, disabilities or limitations that a a child with disabilities might have. And so this whole commercial, uh, the first commercial that came out several months ago, I think in November, uh, that commercial just focused on on one kid who was beating a level and all the kids mm-hmm. in the neighborhood running to his house to watch him do it. It's very, very strong ad. This one takes a different approach and it looks at a, a, a bunch of kids, you know, probably about five or six kids and how they're using this controller to do the same, how they're using this controller to participate uh, in this this world of gaming with all their friends. And it is extremely powerful. I love it. It ties back to their brand. It ties back to, you know, the products they make, meaning mostly the Xbox and the games. And uh, I, I just love it. I love this commercial so much. Damn it. This was my number one, too. My oh. All win. Yes. The spot really did balance this pitch for the new adaptive controller with an empowerment message about opening up new possibilities for young gamers with limited mobility, opening up new possibilities in general for kids with limited mobility. And I love the ending copy. You know, when everybody plays, we all win. I don't think I ever envisioned a day when I would say that my favorite Super Bowl spot was from Microsoft. No, no. (laughs) But I felt like they showed everybody else how to do a good Super Bowl spot. It had what Verizon, for instance, we were talking about the Verizon spot. You knew what the commercial was for. You got what the the product was. Um, And yet still, they had a very empowering message. Perfect, you know, message, something empowering. You still understood what the product was, and the product had something to do with 
what you were talking about. So exactly for Microsoft. All right, my least favorite spot for this year's Super Bowl, I mean by a lot, was the Burger King Andy Warhol spot. Eat like Andy. You, yeah. any listener of the show, knows we've been just raving about David Miami, the work that they're doing for Burger King, really over the last two years. This spot, I saw it, and I, I literally was like, what? It was the spot where it's showing. Literally, it's it's found footage. This footage was shot back in the '80s, and uh, I think there have been parodies of it even in the last couple of years. But it was Andy Warhol sitting down, and he's opening up a Burger King, and there's no sound. It's just the ambient sound, and he's trying to get ketchup out of a bottle. And I don't know. It was kind of weird how he took the bun top off, but then put the ketchup in the wrapper. I'm not sure. Did he even just didn't he fold the burger before he put it into his mouth? It was just. I don't know. And then it just said, you know, go online, I guess, to eat like Andy. And I literally was thinking, I pay attention to this stuff. I don't know what the hell this is supposed to be saying. And I don't care. You know, it felt like advertising for advertising professionals that watch it will win a bunch of awards this year just because it was so daring, blah, blah, blah. But I just imagined consumers going, yeah, whatever. In fact, this was the worst performing spot in USA Today's ad meter. Oh, wow. It was the worst by far. I'm thinking whatever brand that was that had the townspeople where they build whatever the brand is, talking about what losers or, you know, we're nobodies, we build X and Y and Z. I bet that brand is so thankful for a <laughs> spot. <laughs> That's awesome. Because they're no longer the worst ad. I mean, they're lucky I can't remember what brand it was. I was like getting depressed. I could just imagine all the people from that town like sitting around watching the Super Bowl and like going, yeah, this is great. <laughs> and all the I, high I, fives I, the next morning at the assembly line. Like, so depressing. I, I got to admit, on that one, I know which one you're talking about. And on that one, I didn't finish the ad. I, I ended up changing That's, it. I was like, wow, this is so bad. This is not going to make you know my top five list. Uh, but then I didn't hate it, so it didn't make my bottom list either. So, uh, yeah, it was it was total meh. In fact, I, I, I found that... There was a lot of ads that I just wasn't that excited about. There wasn't a ton of horrible ads and a ton of great ads. It was just like everything was in the middle. Everything was kind of meh. And the stuff that ended up being at the top was really good. It, I don't know that any of them I would say was like, you know, amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, I got to tell you for my, okay, I didn't hate the Andy Warhol one. I thought it was, I hate to say this. I felt it was kind of lazy. I, it felt like we're going to spend all of our advertising dollar on the placement. So, hey, let's go pull some footage out of out of the archive and use that as a commercial. Right. And, uh, and so I was a little disappointed in it, but I didn't hate it. But that's probably because I like Andy Warhol. So, you know, there, there's that. I read, I don't know if this is true, but they should have researched this beforehand if it was true. But apparently the person who shot that footage said that he said, oh, can we get McDonald's? And, oh. and they go, oh, we can run and get it for you. And go, oh, never mind. I'll eat the Burger King. Oh, <laughs> that's that were real. You know that that's going to be online the next day. So don't, uh, you know, be so let's keep looking. So my least favorite ad was from a company that I think two years ago, I, I think I was giving them the top spot, you know, and it was avocados from Mexico. And I just, two years ago, I thought their commercial was the bomb. I thought it was so hilarious. They had this whole, you know, you know, picking uh, the, the, the different things that each country was going to get. And it was kind of like a World Cup kind of thing. And it was hilarious. And then last year, the, their commercial was kind of like, oh, it was a little weird. That wasn't nearly as funny. And this year, 
It was stupid. Did you did you did you see the commercial? I saw the com- I think I watched the commercial online a couple days ago. Then saw it. I can't tell you what happened. I just kind of tuned it out. Yeah, it it was it was really bad. It was basically the idea of a dog show, but they I mean, flipped it on its head, and the dogs were the humans, and the humans were the dogs, and so the humans had to run around, and it just wasn't funny. Yeah. Like, you know, like they were so slapstick and funny two years ago and then a little bit last year. And this year, it's just it was dead. It was like, wow, like that. You have fallen from grace. And this is this is the point where most companies would go, OK, now we need to change ad agencies. Right, so right. I was I was this one was the worst one for me just because I loved it so much two years ago. And I feel like they've fallen from grace with that. I think this is going to wrap up this episode of Rick and Rick rule the world. Please be sure to tune in next time for the one show where everybody's name is Rick and everybody rules the world.